Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Well, hello, Kat. <laughs> hey there, Tanya. We're back. We are back. Part two of dreams. You know what? We have got leaves a-changing here in Tennessee. We do, too. Most mm -hmm. of ours blew down in the big storm we had, though, the other night, and it's been windy AF here. Wow. No, it's... It's been kind of, it's starting to get a little bit cooler, but it's still been pretty, pretty warm here. But all the leaves are starting to turn their orange and yellows and reds. And of course, we still have always tons of green too, but. We had our first frost last night. <gasps> Did you really? Yeah. Wow. You guys are so much luckier than we are. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it, <laughs> but it means the apples are ready for picking. Wow. Looking up my weather, it's 74 and sunny here today. That's and hilarious. You're and 20 it, degrees warmer. Wow. It's going to be 81 on Thursday. Mm-mm-mm. No. But, you know, we leave for Ireland tomorrow, and it's going to be the highs around 58 well, that's exciting. I know. It's going to be pretty good. Exciting. So, well, what are we going to talk about dream part two? Well, you know, we kind of lightly touched on the phases of sleep. I know you have a lot of my uh, favorite little woo-woo stuff you're going to talk about, but I thought I would talk a little bit about um, the phases of sleep because we just kind of lightly touched on it before. But sure. what's, some of, what's some of your woo-woo stuff? Oh, well, we're going to go down the topics of... Um, uh, reaction to dreams, responses to dreams, attachments to dream, contents of dreams, good dreams, bad dreams. Yeah, the whole yeah. nine yards. <laughs> So the before we delve into the dream stuff, just looking at the sleep phases, there are five stages of sleep. Uh, stage one, that's really right after you fall asleep. That's when you're relaxed and your eyes and your muscle activity slows down and you can wake really easily. You know, when you're almost in that twilight and, you know, someone may, uh, you hear a bump in the house and you, you can easily bounce right up. That's usually about the first 10 to 20 minutes of sleep. Stage two, this is when we're, our bodies are being prepared for deep sleep and our heart rate and our body temperature lower. And the first and the second stage are still the light sleep. And the second stage is usually about a 20 to 30 minute time. Stage three, this is where the deep sleep begins, where you can't easily be awakened. This starts at about 35 to 45 minutes after falling asleep. And I, if I think about times when people have tried to wake me up, I can feel each of these stages. Stage four is when deep sleep continues. So stage three and four are often grouped together. So sometimes you'll see it listed as the four dream stages, but three and four are sometimes grouped together because of the fact that they're periods of slow wave sleep. And slow wave sleep is the deepest sleeps uh, that our bodies enter into through the night. And if you wake someone up that's in this stage, they'll feel real disoriented and dazed for a few minutes before they can kind of come out of that. And stage five, uh, this is REM sleep. And this uh, takes place after you've been sleeping for about 90 minutes, usually. The good stuff. It's the good stuff. 
I wish you could see my dog. I told you I kept the door like cracked open. Mm-hmm. I can hear her running. We have windows in the basement along the bottom. Uh-huh. I can hear her running back and forth along the windows like she's seeing something outside. Yeah. And Squirrel. she's running up and down, <laughs> running up and down. And then she comes and she peeks her face in my crack of the door. Mm-hmm. Like, are, aren't you going to let me go and chase the squirrel? Yeah. <laughs> like, let me out. No. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yes. So those are the five dream stages. And, you know, something that you might want to think about before you go to sleep. You know, we talked about in the last episode, journaling before you go to sleep. Another thing you can do is work on some yoga breathing, some breath work that can help you have better dreams. So when you do focus um, more that pranayama, it helps you relax and slow your mind. There's so many different breaths that can work great for that. But alternate nostril breathing is probably the one that I always think of it first because the it's a real focus on balance and you're wanting to have a balance in your body to find more that peace in your sleep and it it's a relaxation uh, it's a relaxing breath technique and it does help prepare you to sleep especially if you deal with insomnia it can help with that yeah for sure so also can sitali breath Mm -hmm. unless of course you're freezing when you get into bed and then sitali breath isn't going to be very helpful to you yeah yeah, for sure 100 Mm percent it is interesting though we talked about the technicalities of dreams we talked about dream anchoring and how to help recall dream journaling how to work really to focus instead on the totality of the dream like it's important to write down the totality of the dream but maybe have some bullet points after like a is what what's my current response you know you talked about how a lot of times you wake up feeling very anxious right Mm -hmm. so marking down a bullet point of what's my response and that response should be is it physical is it mental is it spiritual like literally if you wake up and you notice your heart rate is elevated that's an actual physical physiological response response to that dream or you wake up panting or you've been crying like writing down and journaling if there was a response right and now response and reaction are similar but different in this case response is like literally what's happening to me your reaction is different because your reaction is like I didn't like that so and so said such and such to me in that dream that's your reaction to the content of what was in the dream right and then figuring out if you need to have attachment to it like was it a download information that you need to be like oh, I need to apply this? Or is it that you're like, okay, that information was myself running down a rabbit hole and I can release attachment to that, Mm -hmm. right? So it's really kind of a threefold process. Besides writing down the totality of the dream, it's writing down what's my response, what's my reaction, and do I need to apply this information or release attachment, Mm -hmm. right? And those are really three big pieces that we don't oftentimes give ourselves credit for. Like how many times have you woken up from a dream 
truly crying or truly breathing heavy. I, I give the example. So this is one of my two examples. But my last business trip, I had a flight. Usually I try and keep my flights seven, eight, nine in the morning because I am with my two hour lead time. I'm one hour from the airport. Like, right. Like I have to get up early to be on a seven o'clock flight. I have to be on the road by four. Well, it just so happened that this one time, just a couple of weeks back, I was on a 530 flight, which basically meant oh I, had to, I had to leave the house 2.30 in the morning. And, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety and you're like, should mm-hmm. I even go to bed? Because if I go to bed, what if I oversleep? And right, like you fill yourself with mm-hmm. this, like, you know, this whole, clearly you're not setting yourself up for a successful night's sleep. Let's put it that way. And then with that, you think about, I was already overstressed about going on this trip. I didn't really want to. I was mad because we're behind on the job already. Like I was just filling myself with all kinds of crap. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, you're talking about those stages of sleep in that first 20 minutes where something can just wake you like that. I don't know if it was actually in the first 20 minutes, but it had to have been in that first phase of sleep. But here Mm -hmm. I am in my dream. I have this terrible recollection of trying to get away from somebody who was behind me and they had Mm. their arm around me and their hand over my face and they were plugging my nose and covering my mouth. Oh, wow. And in my dream, I was like, "Mm, mm, mm," like I'm trying, struggling to get away and clawing at their hand. Mm -hmm. And I finally was in my dream shouting at myself, Tanya, wake up, Tanya, wake up. Like, Tanya, wake yourself up right now. And I did one of those sit bolt upright. Yeah. Like, I woke up and I was like, <gasps> like, I don't wow. know if I was holding my breath. And that's what, what had constituted in my dream. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, wow. okay, Tanya, do you need a larger sign that you feel suffocated right now? <laughs> But that's literally how I felt. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, welcome to how powerful your dreams can be. Wow. So was John there? Did he go, what the heck are you doing, woman? No, because (laughs) actually this, because I had to be up at 2.30, I told him I was going to be going to bed at 8.30, which Mm -hmm. is like unheard of for me, but I figured I was going to struggle to fall asleep anyways, which I was clearly right. right. And, (laughs) And so, you know, he had you know, we had visited for a time and he's like, well, I'm going to shut off the lights and let you go to sleep. And so he had left the room. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I was by myself and I was like, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, but so as we continue sort of talking about the concept of dream analysis, it's kind of a basic start. So first of all is reaction or no reaction. When you woke up from the dream, did you have a reaction or no reaction, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you wake up from dreams and you're like, that was a crazy dream. And you just completely like ditch it, Mm -hmm. right? No, no reaction to it. But then sometimes you have those big reactions and it is valid for you to mark down like, what are those reactions? Were you crying? Were you sad? Were you elated? Like, I'll give the example of a very exciting sexual dream. Like, were you really angry and feeling like you're seething? Like, what was your reaction, right? Mm -hmm. With that, then, is the concept of, like, when you have that reaction, does the dream stay with you? And a lot of times, you remember it for that time. 
And then later when you try to recall it, you can only remember pieces of it, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, it maybe didn't create as big a response or reaction in you that you thought because you won't forget the ones that had big reaction responses from you, right? right? Those are the ones you rarely forget. And as you're talking then about attachment, like, is this, am I still thinking about it? Have I moved on? Have I forgotten it? What was the content in it? Like, if I journaled about it, was this like, oh, yeah, this makes complete sense. You're feeling stressed and anxious about XYZ. That translated into your dream makes mm -hmm. complete sense. I will apply this. Or was it, oh, gosh, that dream was reflecting anxiety. And this whole time, I thought I was feeling pretty calm about it. Am yeah. I actually feeling anxious about it? And I'm not giving credit to that. I'm not addressing that. Like, am I ignoring it? Am I ignoring the signs? You know, like, what's the information being downloaded? Mm -hmm. Right? When we talk about content, though, now's where we really get fun. Again, <laughs> you were talking in the last episode about people. You dream mm -hmm. about people in your family. Mm -hmm. This is common. Have you ever, though, dreamt a dream and it was a complete stranger? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty often. Yeah, but it in that same token, you're like, but they seemed so yeah. familiar. Absolutely. You know you know them. You know so you know them. So familiar. Mm -hmm. It's so wild. Mm -hmm. Or I dream about, like, let's say you, for instance. Let's say you're in my dream, but you don't look like you're supposed to look. Yeah. Um, and I do that a lot. Like, I'll But I know it's about... you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's interesting, too, like that you don't see anybody at all, but you know you hear them. Mm -hmm. And you don't see them. Or you don't see their face, but like you're sitting beside somebody and you know that's them. And you can hear the conversation, but you never see their face. And yet, you know, it's them. If there's so much phenomena, right, that happens within a dream. And then you consider when you're talking about those people is, are these people living? What if this person's passed? How many times have you dreamt about people who are no longer living, but you're carrying mm -hmm. on a conversation with them as if they still are? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, how do they look? Do they look the way they looked when they passed? Do they look the way they looked when they were 17, even though mm -hmm. you didn't even know them when they were 17? Mm -hmm. Right? Like your mind is so fantastic at conjuring all those details. But trying to figure out too, why are you dreaming about that, about your grandmother when she was 17? Right? What's you know? she trying to tell you? What's the story? What's the underlying right. theme or current? 100%. The same mm -hmm. goes true with places. Are you dreaming about current places? Past places? Mm -hmm. Are you dreaming about a place you've never been? A lot of times we have these amalgamations. Like it felt like the house I grew up in, but it looked like the house I live in now. Or it was like, oh my gosh, but it was my office, but it wasn't my office. It was in a different building in a different mm -hmm. city. Like we have this like whole big mishmash of information. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of dreams in my house, but my house is this house, but it never looks like this house. I Right. But you yeah. know, you're here. I know I'm here. It's yeah. just not, it doesn't look the same, right? You know what I find interesting and Edward does this also. So I'm curious if you do when one of my kids is struggling, if they're in, if they happen to be in one of my dreams, they are generally a younger, much younger age. They're generally a child. 
And I hadn't really thought about it a lot until he mentioned that he does the same thing with his kids. When he's worried about one of his kids, they're, he dreams about them being like three years old. Because you but want to make care of them again. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense. So yeah. if you're dreaming about one of your kids that's struggling and all of a sudden, you know, even though they might be 20 years old, but they're two. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to figure that out. Yeah. Well, then that kind of rolls into like things. Do you repetitively dream about things? Like you hear people say, I dream about spiders all the time. Or I dream about water all the time. Or like I use the example of my husband and his lock on his on his lock in high school. He dreams mm -hmm. about not remembering his locker combination. Like these repetitive themes or seeing the same things, these are really sort of mental hangups. And there's a lot to be said for figuring out what that mental hangup is. Mm -hmm. The other is what's happening in the dream in terms of activity. Is it something you normally do or is it really out of character for you? Mm -hmm. Like, is it like, oh, I dream I dreamt about me working on the job site all the time. Well, I am on the job site all the time. That's not crazy for me. Right. Yeah. So it's not mm -hmm. unusual. That makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. but, but if you then, dreamed about yourself being an ice skating ballerina, that might be slightly out of character. <laughs> right. What mm -hmm. what would be the underlying message of that? Right. And then the other is words like I give the example of have you heard something in your dream? that seemed prophetic or that while you were hearing it, it was not embodied like you're looking at a person and you're having this jibber jabber conversation, but more likely it's like you feel like something was whispered in your ear in mm -hmm. your dream or you feel like it was a distinct message like look over there mm -hmm. or it was like stop doing that. You know, like usually com commands mm -hmm. are good examples of what I'm driving at. Were the words concise, direct, a command, an order? Was it something you need to listen to and do, right? Because usually if it's just spitter spatter conversation, I remember enjoying chit-chatting and we were having a good time over coffee. Or was it like this person looked at you and they were like, no, do it now. Mm -hmm. Like when you wake up, you need to determine what is it you need to do right now. What is it? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, something you touched on earlier when you were telling uh, telling us about how you woke yourself up when you were suffocating. So you were lucid dreaming then. You knew that you were dreaming. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, they just they can't do that. And I, I mean, I've done that a few times, but I don't regularly lucid dream. But it's something that you really can train yourself to do. And when you are lucid dreaming, and if you're in something that you're struggling with, like you are with the suffocation, it's just a way to get yourself out of that precarious situation. But have you heard of dream yoga? I had not really heard of dream yoga. And I was just looking at lucid dreaming one day. And I thought, okay, dream yoga. Uh, is that lucid dreaming? So I thought it well, it's probably the same thing. It's probably so I started looking and reading about it. The Tibetan Buddhists uh, developed dream yoga, and they believe that instead of falling asleep each night, you could use that time to practice waking up. And they assert that we're sleepwalking through life, which I think a lot of us are. Well, you and I aren't. We're never sleepwalking. 
walking through life. <laughs> but what, you know, it's kind of a waking consciousness from the perspective of someone who is truly awake and someone that's not awake. So if you see things as solid and lasting and independent from you, you're kind of asleep. But dream yoga is a set of meditation that transforms the way that we relate to sleep and dreaming. And it's a way of turning one third of our lives into a meditation, having fun doing it. So it kind of starts where lucid dreaming leaves off. So you wake up inside the dream, just like in lucid dreaming, but instead of indulging your mind, you start to train it just like, so that's kind of the yoga part. It's like stretching your waking mind into the dream state. And I just found that very interesting. Yeah, I do enjoy lucid dreaming. I am uh, usually, if I'm not super stressed and I have time, I do like to uh, practice lucid dreaming. And I tend to be the try and arrange my dream, like train yourself to arrange your dream. Like Mm -hmm. I want to dream that I'm walking on a beach in the sand right now. And so get very vivid in that imagery Mm -hmm. as you're falling asleep and see if you can't train your dream around it. It's fun. I was really good at it for a time, like when I was, you know, pre-collegiate and then, you know, during my college years, because I clearly had more time on my hands, but now, you know, not so much. But when I do practice it now, I do find it very entertaining that I'm clearly not as good at it as I used Mm -hmm. to be, but it is really cool. I do want to share a book. I've been through quite a few dream books, but this one is kind of one that I have found recently to be maybe the most entertaining and it's easy to keep on you know, your shelf and just pop it open. But this is called 10,000 Dreams Explained. The, the book is by Pamela Ball. And it's really kind of fun because you can pull out, it's almost like an encyclopedia or a dictionary. It's an alphabetical order and you can just roll through and find things. So if you can think of something like recently that you've dreamt of, uh, you can just quickly roll through. So I'll give the example the other night was Thursday night. I was laying in bed and I felt like there was a breeze that ruffled my hair. Mm-hmm. And again, lucid dreaming because I was like, whoa, what was that? And I, I feel like I turned my head and I was like, was there a draft or was someone here? And it was like, was that wind or did somebody brush my hair? You know, like it felt very real to me. So I just popped open the book to wind. And it says also you can look up gale or hurricane. But to me, this was not either. And it says in dreams, the wind symbolizes the inner. It will depend on the force of the wind, how we interpret the dream. For instance, a breeze would suggest gentleness and pleasure. An idea or concept we might have is beginning to move us, whereas a gale would have a different one, a north wind in even a different one. And then there is like point number two is on a slightly more psychological level, wind in a dream can suggest the beginning of a new, much deeper awareness of ourselves, such as perhaps the Holy Spirit, the divine. Christianity would say it's a mighty rushing wind. So Mm -hmm. the dream can represent a divine revelation. And then there's like point three, and it's the power of the spirit and the movement of life. So it's kind of cool because it gives you like all these thoughts 
and it kind of explains some of those contents. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. 10,000 okay. Dreams Explained by Pamela Ball. And it's fun because you can just pop right in it. It's not like it's pages and pages of details, just a little paragraph. You know, if you have a dream and you're like, oh my gosh, I dreamt about spiders or a snake, or I dreamt about, you know, a barn or whatever it is, like you can look it up and it doesn't have to just be a noun or an object. You can mm-hmm. also look it up via thought processes and stuff too. So it's cool. Very cool. So there you have it. <laughs> Dreams, they're fun. Use them for whatever you choose to. Try not to get anxious about the contents. Try and do a quick little analysis, right? Did mm-hmm. you have a reaction to it? Was there mm-hmm. a purpose behind the dream? Do you need to heed the message or can you just pass it off as something entertaining? <laughs> and set yourself up for good sleep. You know, and I do think we need to do a sleep episode, but try to set your environment so it's a little more conducive to great, great sleep and great dreaming. I agree. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.